Hello, you're listening to Which Moving Pictures Move Us, and I'm your host, Emma Bolzner. Today, we'll be talking about the film Election from 1999, starring Reese Witherspoon and Matthew Broderick. And back is my good friend, Martin. Hi. Thanks for coming back on the show. Of course, I enjoy being here. So, Tracy Flick, played by Reese Witherspoon, is an ambitious go-getter who will stop at nothing to become president in her senior year of high school. However, she is not the stereotypical goody-two-shoes because she cheats and deceits her way into getting liked and voted for. Even though this movie takes place in high school, it draws on some similarities to the government and how some politicians may cheat or lie to get elected. One of the teachers... Mr. McAllister, played by Matthew Broderick, is not only irritated by Tracy, but will do anything to make sure she loses the election, even if that means losing his job. So, what do we think of Alexander Payne's election, Martin? Um, I thought it was a fascinating movie. Uh, it definitely wasn't what I was expecting going into it. Uh, so it is, it is listed as a, a, a black comedy. Uh, and, you know... I don't think I've watched very many movies like that. Um, I tried looking at similar movies, and I don't think I've seen any of them. Uh, but I thought it was an interesting experience, but maybe not my favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd never heard of this movie before, and I was like trying to find some underrated back-to-school films, and like instead of like the ones everybody knows, like Grease or uh, Clueless or Mean Girls, because I don't particularly... <laughs> like those movies um but yeah i had never watched a movie like this before and and the dark humor like you say i'm used to it in sitcoms like the office and and um i was surprised that they were starting to do this so early on because black humor has become really popular since like the office which is like you know the mid early very early 2000s and and this is 1999 so it was a bit ahead of its time using those freeze frames and the overlapping narration and the, you know, the effects to make it, like, you know, a character speaking to another character in, like, a weird visual way. Like, it, it was very modern that way. Yes, I, I totally agree. And, you know, when this movie started off, I was, like, I thought it was going to be quite an interesting movie. Like, it at least had a good opening sequence. Uh, and then and then I think it just, like, started to get more raunchy. Yeah. And uh, I, I do believe it's R-rated, but it really had me rolling my eyes a lot of the time. I couldn't, like, you know, the characters would really contradict themselves, uh, especially Jim, the teacher. Uh, and I, 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 could, I almost had to, like, close my eyes because I'm like, it, it was just too much for me. Like, almost too much yeah. cringe, you know? Yeah, I found that, and I don't know if this is Alexander Payne, but he co-wrote it. And I just found that he strayed away from what we were really wanting to see in this movie, which was Tracy. And I feel like they added all these other characters and then they were kind of like, well, let's make it like, you know, Bridgerton. Let's add as many sex scenes and as many crude things as we can. But it had nothing to do with Tracy, a lot of it. And it just was like, do we really need an unnecessary affair? Like, do I really care about what... Matthew Broderick's character does when he goes home, because I don't. And, like, these other things about, um, you know, Paul, who is the student in the high school who starts running for president due to Matthew Broderick's character, Mr. McAllister, telling him to run against Tracy. And then we see Paul's, like, home life and his sister and his sister's love for her best friend. And it's like, do I really need to know any of this? Yeah, I, I feel... Well, I was kind of, I, I really thought, at least my 
uh, uh, pre-impressions of the movie. I thought it was just going to be about like Tracy and the teacher, but it really felt like they um, offered this movie in several different perspectives of characters. And the ones like I, I feel like you know Tammy. They started going into her character a lot, although I feel like it wasn't like they did approach it, but I feel like they didn't go all the way. So it kind of left um, it was kind of like un, unsatisfactory because they didn't really flesh out the characters and their plot lines as much uh, if they decided that they were going to do that. Yeah, like I would have liked to know Tracy's backstory more than. Tammy's or Jim's like I really wanted to know why she was such an ambitious go-getter and why she had this agenda and why she had to join every single club at her school and get straight A's and and I mean there's that only that one scene with her mother where she's like well well we'll talk <laughs> at a time in the movie well whatever I'll just say it she thinks she loses the election and the mom says something like around the lines of, well, maybe you should have tried this instead. And she's not like the comforting mother where you're like, well, you tried your best, you did all your you could. And I would have like, well, I wish we could have delved into that more. Like, is the mother the one that's putting all this pressure on her to be great at everything? Um, but we never did. I was disappointed. We just went back to sex. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think, I mean, as a comedy, I think it serves its purpose somewhat, right? It's not a really in-depth movie. It doesn't, get you thinking too much uh by the end but um i do think it's like trying to mirror reality you even not um like politicians even like high school i feel like there's always that uh kid who you kind of see as tracy right and then you know the job yeah. and then the the uh, uh, kind of the underdog which is tammy right i mean at least in my school we i, I definitely uh believe even running for the like student body president uh, there were people like that and people that represented those characters. Uh, yeah. It, it felt very mirrored, right? Um, and yeah, they didn't really go too much into their backstories. At least they did offer some backstory, background, but, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, the, it was a comedy. So I think that that really explains it. Yeah, it's interesting because it's a high school movie, but it doesn't really take place in high school much at all. Like, it, it doesn't have many of the high school tropes besides the ones you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And it's, focused entirely around the election and um I just like as much as I we we're going to talk about Tracy but as much as I felt very very irritated by her and I thought she was like a horrible human being um I, I couldn't stop thinking about how this movie would be so different if Tracy Flick was a man I mean look how easily Paul ran for president and how um Mr. McAllister wanted him to go against her and and I, I find that in movies in the rare chances they do show an ambitious woman with an agenda, she's usually always portrayed negatively or seen as like a bitch. And it was nice to see an ambitious woman who wasn't doing it to get a man. I mean, as much as I like Legally Blonde, her first reasons to go to law school is just to get her boyfriend back. And with this movie, she is doing this because... She wants to be president of her school, and when she sees something she wants, she's going to get it, and that's just her, and I like that. That was really refreshing, and it's sad that there hasn't really been anything since Tracy Flick. Yeah, and you know, some, something else that they didn't really approach, um, and I think it would be very different if they made this movie recently, was, uh, so, so Tracy did um, uh, end up uh, having a relationship with one of the teachers, right, Dave, uh, in the beginning of the movie, and... 
you know, it, I feel like that that kind of just, you know, ended on a quick note, right? Yeah. While, while today, I'm sure the, the fact that, you know, she would have at least been acknowledged as a victim, right? Yeah. Because she's a, she's a minor, you know, with a, in, a, in a relationship with a teacher. That was just totally looked over, you know, like, um, which I, I found... I don't know. I, 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 I thought they were going to talk about that, but it seems like she wasn't affected at all. That's how they represented yeah, it in the movie. I know. <laughs> like, why did that need to be put in the movie if there was no follow-up of it? I mean, obviously it, it, it does it so Mr. McAllister hates Tracy, which is so unfair since she is the victim. And then there's no talk about it. Like, it doesn't even seem like she's affected by having, like, a guy who's, what, 50 years old and she's, like, 16 or 17, like, taking advantage of her and actually sleeping with her and bringing her to his house. Like, I was like, there is no talk about this. I mean, this wouldn't be shown in a movie today, but I was like, you can't just bring something like that up and then never really address it again until, like, this one quick scene where she's just kind of like, I wonder what he's up to now. I'm like, are you not scarred from this? Yeah, and... I, yeah, I found it very interesting that um, Jim, the, the teacher, instead of you, giving it like giving sympathy to her because you know Dave, his best friend, did that, um, and he knew Dave was in the wrong. You know, he 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 started the movie off teaching morals and ethics, yeah, and um, he he told Dave that's wrong, but he didn't have any sympathy for Tracy. He blamed essentially blamed Tracy um, for the act and. I found that, you know, kind of a little bit crazy. But, you know, I guess that just tells you what kind of character Jim is as well. Yeah, it's he's so disgusting yeah. to me. Like, just the, like the first off of that, I was like, oh, my God, he's blaming her for the relationship, um, which is just the easy way out instead of addressing it at all. But then it got even more uncomfortable when there was this weird relationship between her and him and... Jim was feeling having feelings for her and imagining like sleeping with her when he's sleeping with his wife and I was like whoa 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 like do you want to end up like your friend Dave <laughs> like what is going on again not never addressed it was like he hated her but he was attracted to her it was very strange this whole movie was very random yeah. I guess I mean uh, giving you the benefit of the doubt I guess that's what the movie was trying to make us feel you know, uh, kind of uncomfortable with the entire situation. Um, and, but like, I, I kind of saw it coming almost immediately, you know, here, here's this teacher talking about morals and ethics here. His, um, best friend, Dave just committed a, something illegal, you know? And then suddenly Tracy, uh, it looks like, um, uh, Tracy and Jim, um, you know, Jim's going to have some kind of relationship from him. I'm like, oh, come on, Jim. Like, <laughs> like you know this was going to happen some way or another that, that Jim was going to make some sort of mistake in this movie that his best friend did. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I felt like that was a little obvious, you know, uh, at least in the movie. Well, the irony is that this guy should not be teaching ethics and morals because he is unethical and he has no morals. And the guy, Dave, didn't even go to prison for what he did. Like, he just got his, he just lost his job and his wife filed for divorce. And I was like, are they not even going to put this guy in jail? Like, he slept with someone underage for a long time. Exactly. They, they just, I get. I mean, I guess that kind of is maybe reminiscent of reality too, but. Um, I thought it was. Oh, I don't know, sometimes it happens. I thought yeah. it was interesting that, and I don't know if you've seen this movie, 
it's definitely not a favorite of mine, but I find it very interesting that this movie and American Beauty came out the same year, 1999. Um, and both movies obviously touch on the, the position of adult men in, in authority, in an authority of, in a position of power, and then preying on underage girls. That's what American Beauty is about, how Kevin Spacey's character is in love with his daughter's friend, and he imagines sleeping with her, and touching her, and I just thought it was really interesting that both these movies were made the same year because this movie has a lot of American Beauty vibes, even though it doesn't go to the extent... Well, it does because that guy sleeps with her, but it doesn't go to the extent of of Matthew Broderick's character sleeping or touching with her, but it just the whole idea of them just makes me so uncomfortable. What did you... I was just going to ask, like, what did you personally think of Tracy? Did you think... Like, did you root for her? I, I don't think I rooted for her. I um it it was it was just uh I, I feel like um I, I really don't know. I don't have many feelings for that character too much. I, I felt like um uh it would be nice to see someone else in the election seat, maybe. Um after seeing the uh, at least Paul. Uh, I thought Paul was he was kind of uh he was a nice guy. Out of all the characters, I thought Paul was maybe the only redeeming one. <laughs> um, but, but Tracy, like, I felt for her. I felt bad for her, at least in the moments that uh, uh, I think she should have deserved some sympathy. But uh, I wasn't exactly, per se, rooting for her. No, I, I thought Reese did a perfect job of playing an unlikable, irritating character, but then at times also being able to make her a bit likable, like when she's crying and when she's upset and, and, and tearing the posters and doing certain things like that. And I thought that's a really hard thing to do because she is, you know, not a nice person. She's unlikable. But I think because of Reese Witherspoon approaching this character, she does it in a really clever way by making her you know sweet looking so on the outside she looks like this perfect looking girl you know goody two shoes a plus student but then inside she's a monster um there was a point in the film where I thought it would get an even darker turn and I thought that when she was crying on her bed because you know thinking about dead poets society here and like the stress and, and the pressures of family I, I thought she was gonna kill herself oh my goodness I had this weird, like, I thought, oh my god, is she going to kill herself? And then the movie's going to end with them finding out that she actually did win the election. But then I remembered that at the beginning of the film, there was a kind of a future scene where we see her at the White House, or is she a lawyer? I don't really know what she is. And then Matthew Broderick's character seeing her while he's walking by. So I did know that she um, lived. I just was worried. I thought, oh my god, is there going to be a suicide attempt? Yeah. I I I um I I wasn't sure how, that she was going to do that then, but I did feel really I did feel bad for her um, when that happened. But I think you're exactly right. Like she, Reese Witherspoon did a really good job of portraying her, um, and she she really did like uh, an outstanding performance of the character. Yeah, and and I wonder if like if there was a chance to make her more vulnerable, maybe not to the extent of attempting to kill herself, but in another way. I think that would have been a good scene if they had made a scene like that because she would have been way more likable if we got to actually see inside her head and see really what she's trying to achieve here because when she eventually does become president, she's not happy. Yeah, I, I think, I think you're, yeah, you're right because, like, you know, 
um, I think what it does, it kind of um, uh, solidifies the unlikability of people who are, you know, overachievers in high school, while in reality, they're really just, you know, they have a background, they have a reason why they're overachieving and that you shouldn't hate them for that, you know? Uh, I, I think, you know, having more background will maybe make it, uh, you know, it, it would kind of defy that trope, but uh, no, it kind of just solidifies it instead. Yeah. So do you want to talk about um, Paul or Lisa or Tammy? Because they were all very interesting characters too. Or sure. Do you want to pick one first? Sure. <laughs> um, well, I think the first one that was introduced was Paul, right? Uh, yeah. In terms of, um, so uh, Jim decided that uh, well, when he was watching one of the, the his sex tapes of a, a footballer scene, oh he, re- he was rem- he um, was reminded of Paul and was thinking, oh, he could run for class president and I guess beat uh, Tracy because he didn't like her. And so this they, we get introduced to Paul, who's a really actually kind of sweet guy. Like you would think he he would be like a jock type, um, you know, kind of like an asshole. But uh, mm-hmm. he was, he was uh, throughout the whole movie, he seemed like a really innocent, like almost like a child, you know, like super sweet to everyone, completely innocent. I didn't see anything bad about him. Um, and then here he is like, oh, I, I couldn't run. That's Tracy's thing. You know, I, I couldn't make her upset. Uh, and then eventually Jim, the teacher, uh, does convince him to run. Uh, and then throughout the entire movie, he's just, he, he kind of feels like... Um, kind of the only good part about the movie you know yeah. balancing out everything bad uh, but you know people people were rooting for him just because he was popular i guess um mm-hmm. until he actually spoke on that speech <laughs> um, oh man yeah paul was so clueless but he had a kind heart because you know he tried to mend things with his sister his sister cut him out of his life, which we'll talk about the reasons for that. But, you know, he even at the end votes for Tracy when he could be voting for himself. And he thinks, well, maybe I shouldn't vote for myself. That would be weird. I'll vote for Tracy. And it's like, you just know that this guy is like kind. He's so kind and he just gets taken advantage of. And then we start to understand the reasons why people start becoming or running for president. Because Paul didn't really want to be president. Tracy would have just run and she would have been the only person in the running. But, you know, Mr. McAllister encourages him to do it because he just wants to get back at Tracy because he's the petty little man that he is. And um, Paul decides it that way. And then we learn that Paul's sister, Tammy, runs for president to get back at Paul and to get back at Paul's new girlfriend, who used to be Tammy's best friend. And I did think it was really modern and refreshing that they portrayed um, people of the LGBTQ community in this movie. Um, Poor Tammy is in love with her best friend and her best friend says she doesn't feel the same way and they have this huge fight and her best friend Lisa gets back at her by dating her friend, um, by dating her brother Paul, which is so ruthless and awful. I I think Lisa is worse than (laughs) Tracy Flick. She's an awful person, especially when we find out at the end of the movie that she just dumps Paul for another guy. And it's like, 
Maybe you need to sit down and think about your sexuality, lady. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like how they introduced Tammy, or Tammy, Tammy was like, um, well, she doesn't like them because they're girls. She likes them for the person, right? And that kind of gives a, mm-hmm. a refreshing take, at least in, I'm assuming, the 1990s, you know. Um, I assume there's, there's at least a lot of um, bigotry back then still. Uh, I mean, uh, I, there still is, but uh, I, I, yeah, I did think they, they did it. Well, and I like that they give, gave some redeeming qualities still to Tammy when she still, she kind of took the um, the poster mishap and claimed it was her fault. Um, like she did something nice for Tracy, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure why she decided to do that, but I thought it show, she, showed that her character was uh, uh, kind, you know, in some ways. She did it so she could go to Catholic school to be around was that girls. it? Yeah. No, I, I did not think... Well, she didn't know she was going to be sent to Catholic school at that point. I didn't think so. Oh, oh yeah, maybe she didn't know yet. Yeah, I thought I thought it was purely because... Because she, she grabbed the uh, poster remains after seeing Tracy do it and then just admitted that she... Confessed that she ripped up the posters. Um, maybe she just wanted to get back at her brother and, like, even use this as, like, an excuse to get back at her brother and be like, I ripped your oh, that'd posters. Be so mean. She was really mean to Paul, and Paul had no idea either. Yeah, Paul was so nice to her, like... And Lisa was just using Paul, which is so gross and awful. Yeah, Um, yeah, that was pretty terrible. Have I said that these characters are unlikable? (laughs) Yeah, they're very unlikable. Have I mentioned that? Yeah. And then, I I don't even think we've talked that much about Jim himself. (laughs) Oh, God. But I did want to just touch on how it's interesting how... We know the reasons for Paul and, and Tammy beca- wanting to run for president. Well, we don't really know the reasons for Paul because he's just kind of pressured by Mr. McAllister. But we know Tammy's reasons. But we don't know Tracy's reasons. I really wish we knew why she had to run for president. I mean... Because it's just so weird because when she does become president, um, she just seems so unhappy. I, I mean, I think the um, explanation actually given by Tammy on the speech is kind of right. Um being president does pad your resume very nicely, right? And um, for someone who wants to go to college and wants to do very well, uh, being president is a pretty good thing. But also, you know, maybe you want to be shown, you want to show yourself as a leader, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you want those skills as well. But, you know, she's, she's participated in nearly everything as shown in the beginning, beginning of the movie. So I believe, you know, that's probably one of the biggest reasons, just getting experience and get, being able to list that as uh, something on her portfolio as she applies to very prestigious universities. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely wants to probably go to Yale and Harvard and all those places. And we don't really... Do we know what university she ends up going to? I think they mention it really quickly at the end. I I mean, I do know what... Well, we do know she studies law, right? Um, Yeah. And uh, she still doesn't, uh, I guess, go get along with anyone in university. Yeah. that we know for a fact but um yeah she's no al woods in this one (laughs) yeah (laughs) i i think the um so what i thought was a good part of the movie was actually the epilogue um i thought that was kind of realistic in a way of how they showed you know things are kind of just normal after you know it's a little more sobering uh once you exit the effects of um high school 
you know, and all that drama. Mm-hmm. It, 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 they at least represent it in a more so, sobering way, right? It's kind of banal that uh, regardless of all the drama that happened, life still go on, right? And nothing's as exciting as they made it out to be. I did find it interesting that they continued the movie after the election and, you know, into her senior year quickly and then into her college years and then when she's working in Washington. I did find that really interesting that, yeah, that that was happening Um, because usually high school movies end at that moment in high school. And there's only one other movie I can think of that doesn't end in high school and that's um, Lady Bird. Bird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought of. Like, I liked what Lady Bird did, and I'm, I'm kind of happy that they did that here, too. Um, I was really expecting it to end. There was, like, some fade to black, so I was like, okay, that's it. There's the credits. <laughs> and then, no, it continued. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 honestly, that was one of the fav- my most favorite, one of my favorite parts about the movie, <laughs> comparing to everything else inside of the movie. Yeah. For me, it was Tracy's outfit. Well, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> She always looked so good, and her hair was always so perfectly curled. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you want to talk about Jim? I know we've talked about how unlikable and creepy he is, and kind of a pedo and horrible to his yeah, wife. But and contradictory. Do you think that whole like affair was necessary that he had with his with Dave's wife? So Dave's wife divorces Dave and and files for divorce, and and Matthew Broderick and his wife come over and spend time with her while she's recovering from the divorce. And then, of course, because Jim is such a great ethical guy, he has an affair with his wife's friend? Yeah. <laughs> like, ew. I would have honestly liked to see the movie without that. I would have liked to see a movie where Jim maybe has those thoughts, right? But he doesn't act on them. Um, but going as far as they did, I guess that's to the... Um, that's for the reason of the black comedy, right? Everything just ends up, everything does go wrong because it's a black comedy. That that that's all I can assume is why yeah. they're going with that. But I feel like it would have been a better, um, at least commentary and better movie, in a different sense if they just let him not decide against it, even though we see that he wants to do something like that. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, Linda is not an angel. I mean, she purposefully takes advantage of Jim and is like, well, can you come over and help me with this light bulb? And can you come over and reach this for me? And then when she gives him that seductive hug, you know, again, the woman's being the seductor. Um, She's, you know, then he's like gets turned on by her and, well, you can guess what happens because they show it. But, like, it's like she's definitely not the little angel in this situation. She knows what she's doing. She knows she's going to mess up this marriage, and I just thought it was interesting on her part because wouldn't Matthew Broderick or Jim, Mr. McAllister's wife, also be her friend? And and I just was like, you're going to ruin that friendship? And I just it was just very odd. Yeah. Um, the whole wasp sting thing was just like, oh, please. Jim gets stung by a bee in his eye, and it just gets puffier and puffier, and he rented out this motel for Linda and she never came and he's just like looking horrible each moment of this film. honestly that bee, bee that bee sting or wasp thing I feel like that was the funniest part of the movie to me yeah. <laughs> I was I was every time I saw him every time it was getting worse I was just laughing I was like hey at least, at least they had something pretty funny in this I, I don't know I thought I thought it was kind of hilarious especially for that to happen to him after like while deciding to do this terrible deed um 
But but yeah, yeah I think um, I was thinking perhaps um, after seeing that Linda wasn't actually going through with it, I was thinking maybe the way she acted after, like hugging him and like kind of inducing this kiss, was kind of her way of testing him after he made that motel comment. Yeah, right. she was testing him for sure. Because, you know, even even if she makes moves on him, it's still his fault. You know, you have to be yeah. able to restrain yourself in whatever situation. If you know, you, you don't you don't expect your your partner to fall on the whim of a hat. You know, or um, immediately like start kissing somebody because they're uh, making moves on you. That makes no sense. So it's still entirely his uh, fault, Jim's fault, in my opinion. Um, and I, I, maybe Linda was doing that stuff on purpose. And then that's why she went immediately to talk to um, uh, Jim's wife, Diane. His wife. Yeah. Which is weird because the wife isn't even mad at her. And I wouldn't even want to look at her. Because they did, unless Linda just told her that he rented out this inn and she didn't say that they actually had slept together before. Because that's what I think happened. I don't think she was quite honest with her. And I don't think she said that they actually had sex did together. They? I think she just told I her. Remember. Yeah, oh, they okay, did then, then before he went to work. That's less Because she did say, oh, it was a m- mistake. So then I, I would feel like... That wasn't actually tested. Yeah, and the other whole problem of this movie was that he never once attempted to apologize or phone his wife. He just phoned Linda, like, constantly. He was like, oh my gosh, what happened? You promised me that this wouldn't happen. You promised that we wouldn't tell my wife. And I was like, how are you never going home or, like, wanting to call your wife? Shouldn't she be the number one person you want to, like, make a bloody excuse to and apologize to? Yeah, that was... Mr. Ethics? That was really terrible. In my, I mean, it was another one of those eye-rolling moments that I kept having. Uh, that, you know, I was like, come on, Jim. Just call your wife. And then, and yeah, because he only attempts to go home once. He does. And that's like after calling um, uh, Linda so many times. That was, you know, he's... <laughs> yeah, I, I just found it a... a I just found it distracting. I wanted to see Tracy making her cupcakes or something instead. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See why she is such a nut. (laughs) I kindly would have liked to have seen more of Reese in this. But, um, yeah, it it was interesting how this movie was executed and how it did go from some flashbacks to some fast forward things and then to some voiceover and the amount of freeze frames. I found it a bit overdone, the amount of freeze frames, especially because they always made Reese Witherspoon look horrible. I, I found that first freeze frame hilarious. Like they fr- froze it. They went through an entire yeah. flashback or something or uh, some kind of uh, different scene. And then they mm-hmm. went back to the freeze frame and I didn't even expect it. I don't know. Like it was, she was still frozen. I was like, what? Yeah. I thought that was a yeah. little bit funny. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of freeze frames. I mean, he hated Tracy so much that when she would like, when he would ask a question at the class and no one would raise their hand, she'd be the only one raising her hand and he wouldn't even pick her. I was like, this is so awful. Yeah. Jeez. And and then, you know, you know, like the other mistakes that he makes is like, you know, with the uh, fudging the election results. Oh. And, and leaving it in the gar- in, in the garbage, I'm like, oh, come on. Someone's going to find that. That's an obvious... Oh, can we talk about that stupid ending, please? Because that was the dumbest thing ever. So it's like election day, and Tammy is out of the election because she got kicked out of school and went to Catholic school. So it was just Paul and Tracy running. And Tracy is like, 
believing that she's going to win, and she does win. The boys count it, the students, and they find that Tracy is the winner by two ballots, one, I think one it was. Ballot. Two? It was just Paul's decision to vote. By one? For Tracy. That's <laughs> Okay, by one ballot because Paul voted for Tracy, which was so stupid. Yeah. So it's it's such a tight run and Mr. McAllister has to also count them because they have to have a teacher approve it and he counts it and he's just so upset that Tracy wins and he sees Tracy watching through the glass and like jumping up and down because she thinks she's going to win and he's just at that moment has pure hatred for her and he thinks she's such a scumbag for like not even being ethical with waiting her turn and not watching and cheating that way let alone how she cheated with ripping down the posters which was super unethical as well but then Mr. Ethics does the most unethical thing ever and does it so like obviously as well he takes one of the ballots that voted for Tracy and he throws it in the garbage on his desk and he doesn't just like you know, crumple it or, like, put it deep in the garbage. No, he just, like, lays it flat and puts it in the trash. I was like, are you going to just, like, hide it a bit better? Like, you're just going to leave it at the top of your trash can? And and, and just so stupid. Like, if you're going to be a cheater, at least do it properly. <laughs> right? Like, at least, like, after, like, this is your classroom. I'm sure when all the students leave, you could just pocket it or something. You know, and he just leaves it there on the top of the trash. And, like, I saw her name still on it after it was, like, slightly yeah. crumpled. I'm like, okay. Like, and the students that counted it were already questioning him because they were like, well, we counted that Tracy one. And, you know, that's a big thing to get mistaked on. And the, you could tell that the one student who looked a bit younger than Tracy, maybe he was in, like, grade 9 or 10, he was like, what the heck... I counted that Tracy won. And then Mr. McAllister goes to the principal and asks the principal, who's so useless in this movie, he doesn't even know one of his teachers is sleeping with one of his freaking students in the, like, classroom. But but then he counts it, and of course, the ballot says that Paul won, even though Tracy won. Yep. And then I guess the janitor finds the ballot the next day because he's cleaning up the classrooms because... Mr. Ethics here is just super useless in every way. And he says, I guess he phones the family of Tracy and is like, Tracy won the election. And poor Paul, who like thought he won the election because he did at that moment. But then when the other ballot is found, it's just so crushing for him. I felt bad for him, but he seemed to take it okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I just couldn't in this movie. There is so much off. And then another thing with the talking about how useless that principal was, uh, when, uh, and the sleeping teacher, when they said um, when he was um, uh, being confronted by the principal, I really honestly thought he was going to ask, "How was it?" You know, not you know. Uh, I was like, I had such little faith already at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> I thought even the principal was going to be like that. Jesus, yeah, I, I. Yes. Fact that Matt, sorry, that Matthew Broderick's character didn't go straight to the principal and say, hey, Dave is having an affair. Like, the whole excuse around the teacher being in love with her. Like, what kind of bullshit is that? You have a wife and child. This movie totally crossed, like, the line in so many ways. It, yeah, it was, uh, it was a ride that I kind I mean, I think, I think it would have been 
I think I, I understand it's kind of like a black comedy, right? It's comedy. Um, you're watching with a group of friends. I would kind of laugh at how bad the movie makes you feel. Um, but I'm not sure I would want to watch it twice. <laughs> but yeah, but see, like, The Office makes me happy after I watch it. No one's talking about, like, you know, those crude words and, like, oral sex. It's just fun. But this is, like, takes it a step I don't know, higher and just makes it really disgusting. And the sad part is it's always the white men that are in charge of making all these disgusting jokes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Don't even get me started on how there's like no people of color in this movie at all. Yeah. <laughs> like not one single person. Right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice anyone, honestly. Yeah. Is there anything you really want to, like, talk about before we move on to, like, the fun facts or any scene? I don't think so. I think I'm ready for something okay. fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is a heavy movie. Definitely not a movie I'd watch with my parents, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this movie was filmed in Nebraska, where it took place, at Papillon La Vista High School. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't get to see much of this high school. I, I did. Oh, I wanted to just say... This is random, but I thought it was really funny how how awful just makes Tracy Flake even more of an awful person. How if there was somebody she didn't like or that didn't vote for her, or she didn't think was supporting her at the speeches thing, she would literally, because she was the head of yearbook, erase their faces with a very old school version of Photoshop at the school computer lab and I just thought oh my god this woman like doesn't take any shit from anyone she literally will erase your head from the school picture of like whatever club or or sport you're part of and I just was like god this girl is yep, ruthless of everything in the school I guess <laughs> This is like a dictatorship with her. Hey, that was mentioned in the movie. That was kind of funny. <laughs> like with Matthew, yeah. uh, Matthew Broderick saying that that was one of the reasons why he told Paul to run. Otherwise, it's a dictatorship. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this was, um, I think this was Reese Witherspoon's first leading film. Um, she was in a, movies before like Pleasantville. I don't know if you saw that. No, I haven't. Um, or, yeah, she's good in that. Or, um... So a couple other movies, but this was her first, like, leading lead film. Um, the budget for this movie was $25 million. Wow. Do you want to guess how much? Which I, I find that that is so high for a little high school movie. But I don't know. Do you want to guess how much you think it made? Box office? Uh, yeah. Let me see. Uh, 50 I'll give million. you a clue. $50 million. Oh, I can give you a clue. It didn't make Falcon's money. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> really? It made, it made $15 million at the box office. This movie was a total flop. Oh, wow. But it got decent reviews, but nobody liked it because the problem was um, it was rated R, but it was a high school movie, and most high school movies were rated PG-13, and no adults wanted to see a high school movie, so they just didn't watch it. Um... So maybe if they had cut out some of those sex scenes and those crude words, it would have gotten more money. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially how only like recently R-rated movies managed to be a really good success. I think like Deadpool or Joker or stuff like that. Um, before then, R-rated movies don't make that much money, I, don't, I didn't believe. 
Yeah, I'm curious now, since we talked, since it's the same year. Um, okay, American Beauty made 356 million. Budget was 15 million. Okay, as much as election made. Yeah, I guess I guess you you're right in the ball though that the um the type of movie that uh, election was high school, right? That won't won't attract very many view adult viewers. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Maybe because American Beauty was not centered around high school at all. It was just a high school student and his daughter that um that it was like that. Yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I um, mean, I personally never even heard of this movie until you you uh, brought it up or maybe but it's just gone under my radar completely yeah no same okay um so reese witherspoon actually got nominated for um best actress at the golden globes she didn't win that was in the golden globes in 2000 and she was up against julianne moore for ideal husband julia roberts in notting hill sharon stone in the Muse, and Janet McTeer ended up winning for Tumbleweeds. The only movie I've heard of here is Notting Hill, and now Election. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she did get mon- um, the uh, for this movie. Oh, okay. She did, and then she won in 2006 for Walk the Line. Oh, yeah, I mean, she did a great job with this movie, even if it wasn't a box office success. Yeah, and it also got nominated for an Academy Award for Best Screenplay, um, I'm just going to look at what other screenplays it was up against. It would have been also the year 2000. Alexander Payne, who is also the director, wrote Election with Jim Taylor. And it was nominated for Best Screenplay, along with The Talented Mr. Ripley. I can't believe that didn't win. The Insider, The Green Mile, and The Cider House Rules won. Never heard of it. <laughs> So there we go. Reese Witherspoon was nominated and the screenplay was nominated. Um, Reese Witherspoon originally auditioned for the role of Tammy. What do you think about that? Oh, that's interesting. I think she did. I think Tammy's uh, actor did a very good job. Uh, Jessica Campbell, I believe. Um, I think Reese Witherspoon was... A better choice for um, she is like too cutesy. She wouldn't work as the rebel, Tammy. But the thing is, (laughs) Tracy is a bit of a rebel. I mean, she sleeps with the teacher. Like I said, this is she's hard to pinpoint. She's hard to like name. Like she's not a nerd because she does all these outrageous things. But yeah, she couldn't have been Tammy. I find it interesting that Reese saw herself that way though. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting, too. I mean, so I don't know if you have this in one of your fun facts, but it looks like uh, Election was also based off of something. Yeah, I think it was based uh, off of a off novel, a novel, which, whoa, that's a raunchy novel. Yeah. <laughs> wonder if it was as raunchy. Oh, yeah. No- 1998 novel by Tom Parada, it looks like. It was also a black comedy novel, so it was made almost immediately after. Wow, that's that's rare that a movie like let's like with the Princess Diaries, like the book came out at the same time the movie came out. Very very funny that that some books just get picked up that way. Yeah. Oh, shooting occurred in 1997 prior to publication, but the film oh. was not released until 1999. So it looks like oh, that's weird. It, it looks like the screenplay and the novel were like nearly the same thing. 
I wonder, do you know who the author is? I wonder if he had any say on the screenplay at all. Tom Parada is an American novelist and screenwriter. So it looks like... Oh. I that's mean, interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. But he didn't actually develop the screenplay, which is fascinating. Okay. So Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise were both offered the role of Mr. McAllister. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad Tom Hanks just denied here. this role. He is America's dad. I do not want to see him creeping uh, on an underage student. I would be so upset seeing that. <sighs> Thank goodness. And like Tom Cruise, who even is Tom Cruise? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he is so overrated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with Tom what Hanks. He's involved with in real life. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Um, Tom Hanks, like, oh, thank God he didn't take it. Um, I haven't seen Matthew Broderick in much else except this now and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And, and it was interesting that you said how these were like the role reversal of. Ferris Bueller and Mr. Rooney, I think it was, where now um, Matthew Broderick's character is the Mr. Rooney character, where he's like this repressed teacher who wants to get revenge on his student, which is literally Mr. Rooney in a nutshell. Yeah. Again, we don't really know why Mr. Rooney hates Ferris so much. Like, he hates him because he misses class, but what does he care? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it was re really interesting seeing him in that role. Just flipped. Yeah, it's almost like a full circle that he would then choose a role where he, or maybe he didn't choose it, maybe he was offered it because Tom Hanks said no, yeah. <laughs> that he would, like, be the opposite of Ferris Bueller, which was 12 years before, or 13 years, sorry, before... This film. Exactly, yeah. Apparently, Glee was inspired from this movie. I never watched Glee. I missed the boat on that. Did you watch Glee? I've, I've only seen, like, one episode or so, but uh, I do like their music. <laughs> yeah, it, they said it was, like, of course, not about the sex between a student and a teacher, but because of a one-on-one -on -one relationship with, as in, like, um student relationship with a teacher and a student, which is like, that didn't really happen in this movie. He hated her, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have some quotes here. Reese Witherspoon struggled to find work after this film um, for about Ooh. almost two years before Legally Blonde because, you know, she was such a good actress and she really portrayed Tracy. It's like, wow, she says, quote, uh... I couldn't get jobs for a year after that because people thought I was that crazy and angry and controlling and strange. But yeah, um, I'm not, end quote. Which just, is really sad. Yeah, that just means she acted really, really well. I mean, why? Isn't that a good thing? Like, why are you punishing the person? <laughs> oh, well. She got Legally Blonde, which thankfully she's more remembered for than this. But yes. <laughs> and yes, you're right. There was an alternate ending for this movie. Um, do you want to tell us the ending of what actually happened in the movie? And then I'll tell you, tell the alternate ending to the listeners. Sure. So, um, what Jim, Jim moves to, um, out of Omaha, right? Into New York and finds a job as a, uh, was a museum educator and uh, lives in a very small apartment that costs fifteen fifty per month <laughs> rent. Oh my god, it's like a tiny little, I don't even know what that is. Like, the bed is next to the fridge. Like a very small studio. <laughs> um, and eventually, so, well, he, he says he saw Tracy only one time after high school, after he worked in high school. 
Um, he saw her with a, I believe it was a, a governor or something of New York. Yeah, in Washington. Or in Washington. And uh, he, he saw her get into a uh, limo. Uh, she, she was a very, I think she was wearing some law, um, law-based clothes, political clothes. And um, then Jim decides to run up to the limo and throw his, uh, what was it, slushy or drink against the back car window and run away. Yeah, I mean, I guess we didn't establish that Mr. McAllister gets fired because <laughs> I don't think I ever said that. Sorry about oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> he does get fired after the principal finds out that he threw out a ballot and he yeah. loses his job. Um, and then he moves to New York. Um, his wife leaves him. He moves to New York and he becomes, like you said, works at this museum. And it's also interesting. I don't know if you noticed, but at the beginning of the film, you know, he's eating, like, salads and healthy meals, and then he's starting to drink Pepsi because Tracy talks about pop, and that turns him on, and then he starts to eat more and more junk food, and then by the end of the movie, he's more obese, and he's, like, literally throwing um, a drink at the limousine. So it's interesting to see his character develop from, like, this family man Without a family. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't notice him eating salads and stuff and then uh, stopping um, that kind of um, healthy meals. I didn't notice that. That's a good observation. Yeah, so the alternate ter- alternate ending, which they actually filmed, they reshot it, um, which is really surprising that they changed the whole ending and very rare to happen in movies. Um, the original ending ha- occurs and Tracy and Mr. McAllister actually become civil to one another um they find each other after high school and see see each other and she drives him to her place i don't really know why and and he and he signs her yearbook and then that's how it ends and i'm like what (laughs) so it's probably good that they reshot it because that's just really weird is that, is that on YouTube or something? Can you see? Is it oh, on? good point. I, I I'll wonder. look that up for any listeners that are really interested in wanting to watch this alternate ending. Yeah. <laughs> I know I will be not yeah. watching that. <laughs> right. Election <laughs> alternate ending. I, I wonder if they just like, you know, threw it away. Oh, you can. You can find it. On movie scenes, if you're interested, it is 6 minutes and 16 seconds. Yeah, if you're really... If you're really, really a keener on this film, which I am not, <laughs> so should we move to the final judgment, Martin? <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Oh, although I see, I see another fun fact. I don't know if this is, um, if this is real or not, but according to Alexander Payne, um, it's also President Barack Obama's favorite political film. <laughs> His favorite political film. Okay, he didn't say it was his favorite film. Okay, well, he's still in my good books then. (laughs) I mean, how many political films are there? There's not that many. Yeah, there's not too many. And how many political films are there where a woman's at the center? Probably just this (laughs) one. (laughs) Exactly. Um, All right, so final judgment. Yeah, did election move you or not? Um... I think in all the movies I've seen, Election didn't really move me that much at all. (laughs) Yeah. 
I think that's my final judgment. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> just didn't. That's it. Okay. Yeah, no. This movie, if if you were really expecting me to just turn all of a sudden and say, yep, it moved me. It did not move me. Um, Reese Witherspoon's outfits definitely moved me. I loved how she looked in this film. But the storyline, I just found it really convoluted and a lot of characters unnecessary. Like... Him having to have an affair with his wife and Tracy sleeping with her teacher. Just, uh, nah, I'm good. I would have liked to have just seen why Tracy was so ambitious and had an agenda in the first place. I do have to give it credit, though, for showing a girl that has an agenda, like I said, and is ambitious without, you know, doing it to get a guy or... To have this other ulterior motive, she just wanted to be the best at everything. And that is rarely shown on TV or in movies of women at all. And as much as I love Legally Blonde and I love Elle Woods and how Reese Witherspoon plays Elle Woods, it is interesting how two years before Legally Blonde, she was doing an opposite character of, of doing it without needing a guy. And then two years later, she was doing these ambitious things, but being kind and and honest, but doing it all for a guy. And I just think that's really interesting because this movie seems more modern than Legally Blonde. But yeah, maybe it's because it got such bad reviews and <laughs> didn't do well at the box office. They were like, well, maybe we should make more likable characters. That's the whole, that's my whole problem with this movie. Everyone is so unlikable. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. What I had moving was essentially my eyes rolling my eyes that was, <laughs> that's all i had moving for me <laughs> yeah the, only only the epilogue was a kind of like um a little bit lady bird esque so that's why I, I i like that more than anything else yeah but otherwise no it just made me want to close my eyes and turn off the screen <laughs> yeah not to dwell on this any longer but lady bird she's not always likable either i mean she can be very unlikable and her relationship with her mother is very unlikable but she has, I don't know, some, I don't know, you just like her because she, she's real, she's, she's more right. realistic, yeah. Yeah, and the, I feel like she doesn't do, like, she has, she has reason, like, you know, teenage reasonings to, for what she's doing, while this, this um, movie doesn't really explore background or justify yeah. any of what the character's actions are, you know, it just shows them as immoral people. I mean, Lady Bird even steals, I think, a math test and, like, changes the grade she got on it. <laughs> and, and she cheats. And Tracy cheats. But there's something about a woman in power that is still hard for people to watch on screen. And I'm admitting that myself. I mean, I found her very unlikable. And it's too bad because if there was a man in this situation, I think we would have found him very likable if he was... If there was, Tracy Flick was a man. And... And I, I think because it's rarely shown when we do see a woman like this being cutthroat and being so in charge of her life, we are automatically think that she's the villain. Yep. People don't like seeing women in leader roles, I feel like. They, they make it, it, it just shows, like, changes their personality, you know, makes them feel, yeah, completely annoying or unlikable or like they're, they're trying to um, undermine something or someone. They're, you know, they're, they're a villain. Apparently, mm -hmm. uh, that's what I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Do you think a movie like this could be remade today? Or like, do you think it should be remade? I don't know. 
Um, without the, let's say, a movie yeah. like this without the sexual predator teacher and the, like, affair with the wife. Yeah, maybe, uh, I, would, I would like to see it made in a totally different tone, right? Um, not a black comedy anymore, maybe more of a drama that really is taking a more serious tone in some of these um, uh, some of these um, plot plot holes or plot plot twists and stuff. Yeah. Different, different things, right? Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I want to thank you for coming back on the show, Martin. I hope we can do another one again sometime soon. Of course, me too. Uh, I'd love to join you soon again. And I want to thank you all for listening. And don't f- forget to click the subscribe button. And if you have any film suggestions, end of summer movies or back to school movies, you can email me at lowercase emma reviews movies at gmail.com and i'll also put it in the caption so thank you for listening